Good morning and welcome to our Sunday service and we're going to have a look at Galatians chapter 5. Now we've been looking through the book of Galatians and this morning we're going to read just verse 1 through to verse 7 of Galatians chapter 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Shall we pray? Father, we just thank you for these few words that we've read in your presence, and we just ask that as we look at them together, you will just open them up to us that we might see what you are telling us this morning through the words of Paul. And our Father, we pray that it might be your voice that we hear, and we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we come to this part of uh, the book or the letter to the church of Galatia and Galatians chapter 5, and really this title that we put over this section is freedom in christ and this first verse of chapter five is the key verse to the whole book this is the the whole subject that paul wants people to get hold of listen to what he says in verse one it is for freedom that christ has set us free stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by your yoke of slavery you see this is a call to stand firm to stand firm you need a solid base and this solid base is what these people have they have freedom the freedom that has come to them from christ the promised one a promise that was given to abraham a promise that is there for both Jew and Gentile to accept, and a promise which these people have accepted. Listen to what Paul has already told them. We're going to go back to chapter 3 as we look at a few verses just to emphasize that this is what Paul has been speaking about, this is what he's speaking about now, this is what he will continue to speak about, the freedom that we have in Christ. So, chapter Three and verse 13. Paul said this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. So Paul is saying, this is who you are and this is what you have. And then in verse 14 of chapter 3, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith, we might receive the promise of the Spirit. I was thinking of the words of a hymn by Russell Kelso Carter, 
And um, the hymn basically is this. You're standing on the promises, or it's I'm standing on the promises of Christ my Saviour. So really what Paul is saying, look, you are standing on the promises of Christ, your Saviour. You're standing on the promises of God. And it's all by faith, the faith that you have in Jesus. Jesus, the one who paid for your redemption, who bought you out of slavery, out of the slavery that sin has a hold on you. And you are blessed. You have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your lives. And as we continue in that chapter 3, and we look at verse 22 through to 25, Paul is now saying to them, where were you before you could stand on this firm foundation? He said this, but the scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, and before the coming of faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. And again, as we refer back to that chapter 3, verse 24 through to 25, so the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. See, for the Jews, their burden was Judaism. And if we just come for a moment into chapter 4, and chapter 4, verse 8 to 9, we read these words. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You see, the Gentiles, they were held under the burden, not the burden of Judaism, but the burden of what we call heathenism, by worshipping gods that were no gods at all. And we can back this up by the words that Jesus spoke. We have them in Matthew 11. Listen to these words, verse 28 through to 30. And this is what Jesus said. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Do you get that? an invitation to all, both Jew and Gentile. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's go back now to the passage that we started with this morning. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. And let's look at verse 2 through to verse 6. And Paul is saying to these people, he's saying, listen carefully. He's telling them, look, you've really got to get hold of what I'm saying here. In order to do that, you need to listen carefully. And he starts with these words. He says, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised... Christ will be of no value to you at all. It would appear that some of the Gentiles, those who have become Christians, have accepted Jesus as their saviour, have already given up some of their freedom in Christ by submitting to some aspects of Judaism. 
you know, to make a move away from one thing and to go in the direction of another, it is usually a part of what can be a gradual process. You know, the temptation to stay, take one step in that direction. At that point, you have an opportunity to review what you're doing and maybe just say, oh, this is wrong, and go back. But once you take the second step and the third step, then you're on the road to moving away from the truth. To submit to circumcision, to actually submit to it, would move them, as it were, a step too far, a move away from Christ to a trust in legalism. Now, we need to make it clear that circumcision of itself doesn't exclude us from faith in Jesus. But when it's used as a logistical demand in order to secure salvation, then it does move us away. And it's moving them away from God's grace. And by doing that, their actions would question the efficiency of the cross. So in verse 3 of chapter 5, he, he repeats himself again. He says, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. You see, Paul is continuing in his warning to them. And he's saying that if they are circumcised in order to secure their salvation, they would not only be denying God's grace, they would also be putting themselves under the law. And then he goes on in verse 4, You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ and have fallen away from grace. Now let's just stop for a moment and consider what Paul is saying here as he gives out this warning. What he's saying is that he believes that while they are being enticed away from faith in Jesus, none of the truly saved have actually taken the step of letting themselves be circumcised. But they are being thrown into confusion by what these false teachers are saying. And as for those who have circumcised in order to gain salvation, Paul is questioning whether they truly believed in the first place. And by doing what they have done, if they have allowed themselves to be circumcised, they have moved themselves even further away from the gospel. We come to verse 5 and 6, and Paul says this, For through the Spirit we eagerly await... He's now addressing those who are truly saved but are still being tempted to move away. So he says, For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcised nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. This is the gospel. He's saying, look, we, those of us who are truly saved, we're not looking for something, and we shouldn't be looking for something else, for something that we feel we need, something that we, we feel that we need to 
add to the saving work that Jesus has already done in order for our salvation to be complete. He says, that's not what we're doing. He's saying, we by faith are eagerly waiting with and in the power of the Holy Spirit in anticipation of the hope that is laid up for us in heaven. You see, Paul is saying, look, these people, they appear to have a great deal of knowledge and they're influencing you with their knowledge. They want you to follow them so that you will become their followers and they will have that authority over you. They will be using the law to do that. Salvation is not just an acceptance of the things that we know about Jesus. He's saying it's more than just a, a head knowledge. It's to do with the heart. He's saying, look, this is what you've done. This is what it's about. It's about coming to Jesus. It's about trusting in his death and resurrection and trusting that this is our only way of being accepted by God. We, as guilty sinners, but when we do that, we are guilty sinners who are saved by grace. And we do that because we know that whatever we do, we cannot save ourselves. I want to refer to a couple of verses from Romans chapter 5. This is something Paul said when he wrote his letter to the church at Rome. And this is verse 1 and 2. And really, you know, there's a summary here on what he's been saying to these Galatian Christians. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. You see, I know this is from Paul's letter to the Romans, but it's exactly what he's saying to these people in Galatia. Therefore, since we have been justified, remember, we looked at justification. How? Through faith. What do we have? We have peace with God. How do we get that? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. How? Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. See, Paul is telling them, stand on this firm foundation. And then he goes on, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. 7 through to 12. Oh, in this section here, we'll just look at a part of this, but Paul is telling them how well they've been doing. He's encouraging them here. He says in verse 7, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Right, let's just think about that. I want you to imagine being in a race and everything's going well. You're literally on track. Then something happens. Someone comes from behind. They overtake you. They cut in on you in order to confuse you. And because of that, you're not sure where you are. You lose sight of the markers. You can't see the lines. And you ask yourself the question, am I in the right lane? And you need someone who can see what is happening and who can give you instruction. 
instruction that will put you literally back on track. And this is what Paul is doing. And here he's telling them, keep going, don't be put off. Trust in what you know, and you know the way. As we draw to a close this morning, we've heard Paul as he speaks to troubled believers who know the way of salvation, who are trusting in Jesus, but they need to be reminded of the way and of the truth, the truth that is leading them to a life that's been set free from the burden of sin. They are free in Christ. You know, this reminds me of another group of believers who needed to be reminded that they knew the way. Listen to what we read in John's Gospel from John chapter 14. It's verse 1 through to 7. This is Jesus speaking. Listen to what he said to this group of believers. He said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house had many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Get hold of those words, you see. They know the way. And Jesus says to them, You know the way to the place where I'm going. But Thomas, he's a bit confused. So we read on. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus comes back with this answer, a verse that we quote very often. It's a lovely verse, really. And Jesus reassures them. He's telling them something that they already know. He's confirming that what they know is right. And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. They're not just words of reassurance for the disciples that Jesus spoke to on that occasion. They are also words of of assurance which are for this church in Galatia, for these Christians who are being thrown into confusion about their salvation. And they are words for us this morning. They are reassurance of the faith that we have in Jesus Christ if we have truly put our trust and our hope in him, if we have come to him as guilty sinners, if we've asked for his forgiveness and that we've accepted him as our Lord and Saviour. A few things for us to think about this morning. Now, next week, we're going to carry on in this passage and Paul is going to say how to these Galatians, he's going to tell them how, sh- how they should now live that they have this life, this life in Christ. And that's for us as well. So we look at that next week. Let's just pray. 
Well, Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you that we just spent a short time together around your word as we've looked at this letter that Paul wrote to the church at Galatia and what he's saying to them. We pray that he might be saying to us, or rather you might be saying these things to us this morning through the words of Paul, that we might be encouraged. And if we've not yet taken you as saviour, that we might be encouraged to do that. And our Father, we put these things into your hands as we do it in the name of Jesus. Amen.